Welcome to the podcast for Runaway. I'm the author, Sabine Wilder, here to read my book to you. Let's get started. Chapter 10. Fight for Your Right Susan paced back and forth on the empty street in front of her car. It was the last place she'd seen Anna, and she didn't want to move from that spot. Les told her to stay put, but she couldn't sit still. Instead, she walked around her car as she waited for the cavalry. She heard the hornet long before it pulled down the street, the screech of tires sounding out of place in the quiet subdivision. As the hornet pulled up to her, Susan ran toward it. Les barely stepped out of the car before Susan flung herself at him, burying a tear-stained face into his shoulder. This is all my fault. If anything happens to Anna, I'll never forgive myself. Les stroked her hair. We're here now. Everything will be all right. I promise. Not to alarm anyone, but time is of the essence, Evie called from the driver's seat. Sue, is there somewhere we can leave the car so we can... change? Susan pulled herself away from Les, dragging her sleeve across her face. There's a park around the corner. I doubt anyone will be there now. Good. Hop in. Are you sure it's okay to leave? We need a little privacy, Evie sniffed the air. Plus, we can run faster as wolves, and there's nothing stopping us from coming back here. We need to get you grounded if you're going to be of any use to us. Me? Susan scrambled into the car. What can I do? You know what Anna smells like. Les drew his seatbelt across his chest as Evie turned the car around. You're our best hope for tracking her. But I've never done that before. Susan panicked. I don't know how. You do. Les's faith didn't waver. You just have to find her scent and we can help you. She's your best friend, right? You'll know her scent when you find it. Guilt lurched in Susan's stomach. Some best friend I am. This isn't your fault, Sue. I beg to differ. So you guys had a fight. It happens. But what Hunter does, if he does anything, is way beyond your control. Trust the good person that you are, and things will sort themselves out. Les's conviction was enough to make Susan want to believe what he said, no matter how ridiculous it sounded. Evie parked the car in a little lot next to the playground. The sun was getting lower in the sky, and the streetlights were turning on, casting their yellow light across the pavement. Susan startled when both Les and Evie began removing their clothes without a word. Uh, this is no time to be shy, Sue. Evie took on an air of command. Change and shift. Les was out the door in a flash, with Evie right on his tail, before Susan even got her coat off. She tore off the rest of her clothes and willed herself to change. It happened easily, but she found herself staring at the car door handle, her breath misting the window. Maybe I should have opened the door first. As if reading her mind, the door opened. Susan jumped out. I thought you might need a hand. Les waved to her in his hybrid form before leaping into the bushes at the roadside, smoothly shifting into a full coyote in midair. Show off. Susan could barely walk in her wolf form. She had no idea how she was going to track someone. She loped off into the bushes after Les and found Evie sitting and waiting for them her fur a dull gray in the fading light. Okay, Sue, we're going to walk slowly back toward the spot you last saw Anna. Keep your nose to the ground for her scent. If you find it, let out a howl and let us know. Can you do that? Susan wasn't sure, but nodded anyway. They needed to hurry up and find Anna's trail before it was too late. Susan made her way back up the street, Les and Evie trailing behind. Putting her nose to the asphalt, she inhaled deeply, an assault of smells clogged her nostrils, causing Susan to cough. She took a step back. 
She had no idea what she was doing. She would never find Anna among all these odors. Les came up beside her, sitting back on his haunches. He nodded, silently reminding Susan that she could do this. Taking a deep breath to clear her head, Susan closed her eyes, willing herself to calm down. Running around panicking wasn't going to help the situation. She stood there a moment, at the edge of the park, getting her bearings, when it came to her. One sweet smell rose above the rest. It was familiar. Susan put her nose to the ground. No, it wasn't in front of her. She swung around, her head weaving from side to side, catching hints of the scent, then losing it. It faded in and out of her nose, with each sniff, until she came to a spot where she was certain she had found it. Lifting her head to the sky, Susan cried out. Les and Evie were already at her side. She had done it. She had found Anna's trail. All she needed to do was relax and trust her instincts. Evie took up the trail, circling closer and closer toward the park. Suddenly, her ears flattened against her skull, and her lips drew back, revealing teeth. She darted around the swing set, snarling and huffing at the sand underfoot. When she looked up, her eyes were the coldest Susan had ever seen them. Evie bolted back toward the car. Something was wrong. Susan stumbled, trying to keep up, but she heard Evie loud and clear when she reached the car. I'm calling Fenris! It's him! Hunter's trail led to a part of the subdivision where new houses were being built. Thankfully, that meant there were no humans around to contend with. More agents had been called in to back up the burned siblings. Everyone was dressed in black swat gear, some as humans and some as the odd-shaped hybrid Susan was getting used to. The only one not wearing the strange gear was Evie, who paced along the bushes at the edge of the suburb where they were setting up for the strike. She looked like a strange apparition, a white wolf walking on two legs. Les crouched behind a bush, his hybrid nose digging through an old leather case that looked like an old-fashioned doctor's bag. He wore the vest and dark clothes, but refused any weapons or gear other than the bag. Orders were issued and the operatives dispersed into the night, except Les and Evie, who were to take point from the bushes, and a human Susan, who was told to stay put. It had only been a minute since the others had gone out, but Evie shook with impatience, waiting for the operatives to get in position. Susan's heart ached. She wanted to go with them, no matter what danger lay in the house, but everyone kept telling her to stay behind. Couldn't I just follow one of you? It's too dangerous, Evie snapped at her. Not just for you, but for everyone. You can barely control your transformations. I was in control enough to track. I won't get in your way, I promise. I'm not leaving Anna. Not now. Not after everything that's happened. To make a point, Susan shifted flawlessly into her wolf form and back again, managing to not get tangled in her clothes. Stress somehow made the transformations easier. Evie wheeled on her brother, a hard edge taking over her voice. Restrain her if you have to. I can't wait a second longer. I'm going in. I have to stop him. Evie shifted down onto all fours and snuck off toward the house. At least wait for the damn signal. Les ran his fingers over his skull, pushing out his fur. What am I going to do with you two? You both want to jump into this without thinking things through. We can't rush this. If we do, he could get away. Susan couldn't believe her ears. Everything she heard was about catching this hunter. Nobody said anything about Anna. Maybe it was too late. No. If no one else was going to think about Anna, then it was up to her. She had to be the one. She had to be there for Anna, no matter what. Susan focused on her body. 
It had become easier to shift back and forth, but she needed something more. She needed to be able to talk and fight. She needed the strongest parts of her wolf and human self. For Anna's sake, she needed to be a werewolf. Muscles taut, Susan clenched her jaw, forcing the change, but nothing happened. Come on, I need this. It has to work. She realized she was holding her breath, and Susan let out a gasp of air. She looked up at the darkening sky. The world around her had gone still, the calm before the storm. Closing her eyes, Susan searched her body for the beast she knew was there. Come on, I need you. Please. Susan felt a dull ache in her heart. That ache began to rumble, and suddenly she felt a familiar twitch to her body. It was like a normal shift, but different. Her blood seared through her veins, and when she opened her eyes again, she saw Les staring at her, his mouth hanging open. You did it! You hybridized! Let's go. Susan surprised herself with the intensity of her own voice. This is such a bad idea. Les snapped his bag shut. Let's do it. Stay behind me at all times and do what I tell you. Hope welled in Susan's chest. Let's go save Anna. As they approached the house, Susan became aware of the other agents. There were teams at all the exits around the house, waiting to move in, waiting for the signal, whatever that might be. A blaze of white flew through the air, launching itself from the ground up and through a second-story window. Everything happened all at once. Screams filled the air among the shattering of glass. The night was alive with shadows moving in every direction toward the house. Something dark fell from the window, or maybe it had jumped. It moved too fast for Susan to tell. It was followed immediately by a werewolf, shimmering white in the moonlight, a howling angel of death. The shadowy figure stood, and Susan saw William Murray staring back at her, fear etched on his face. Evie lunged at him, grabbing for his neck, but she missed and buried her teeth in his shoulder. Will fought back, clawing at the wolf's eyes, eventually slamming her against the wall of the house with so much force the wall caved in and she tumbled inside. "'What the hell is going on?' Susan asked Les, but he was already moving. As promised, Susan followed like his shadow." into the house, upstairs, down a hall, and into a scene from her worst nightmare. Anna lay on the floor, her neck torn to shreds. Susan stumbled and the room tilted unnaturally. No, no, not again. Visions of Jim lying before her with his throat torn out swam before her eyes, overlaying and melting into the scene before her. There was blood everywhere, the overwhelming stench of it burning Susan's nose. A ringing in her ears drowned out the noise, and everything went fuzzy. Susan's face connected with the dusty hardwood floor. Her body went limp, refusing to respond to her urge to scream. She's turning! A voice cut through the chaos. What? Susan's mouth was dry, but control seeped back into her limbs. Heavy blood loss. I need backup and a blood source now, Les yelled to another agent. The room sharpened, and Susan saw it clearly for the first time. Agents in black SWAT gear swarmed through the room, and Les had his hands on Anna's neck, staunching the bleeding. Susan got to her knees and crawled over to Les. She's alive? Barely. Les's face was gaunt as he worked to close up the neck wound. Even if I can fix this mess and get a transfusion going, she's still... He looked away from Susan. She's still got a long way to go. Why? How? 
Susan grasped for something, anything that would tell her Anna would be all right. Grab me those scissors, Les nodded at his bag before becoming engrossed in the work of fixing Anna's neck. His fingers flew across the wound, fast and sure, weaving together something almost human again. Les's calm determination infected Susan, and she grabbed the scissors for him. Can I help? One sec. The boy didn't take his eyes from his patient. Like I said, I can fix the wounds and give her blood, but she's turning. What the hell does that mean? Hunter is a vampire. Unlike us, he can pass on his curse to others. Here, hold this. Les placed Susan's hands over the gauze, now covering Anna's wounded neck. Apply pressure firmly, but not too hard. See the color of her skin? Her eyes? Anna was terribly pale, but Susan assumed that was from blood loss. Then she saw Anna's eyes. Once soft and doe-like, they were now utterly black, rimmed with red. I don't know how or why, but he started the turning process while it was feeding on her. Turning is dangerous at the best of times. Most don't survive. Don't say that, tears threatened, blurring Susan's vision. What can we do? I'm reluctant to do it, but I don't think we have a choice. Sue, Les held her arm in a firm grip. I have to go find her and bring her back to us. When Evie gets back, have her hook herself up for a transfusion. Don't worry, she knows how. And if I don't come back, tell her I love her. What? Where are you going? Susan pleaded for an explanation. Nothing less said made any sense. Don't worry. My body will be right here. That doesn't tell me anything. I know. I'm sorry. I... I'll tell you about it when I get back. You better, Susan threatened, not because she needed an explanation, but because she truly wanted Les to be all right. Oh, one more thing. Once I'm under, talk to us. It might help us find our way back. I don't understand. Les smiled, but it didn't reach his eyes. He pulled a needle and solution out of the medical bag, prepared a shot, and injected himself in the arm. Carefully, he put the needle aside and sat cross-legged on the floor above Anna's head. Placing one hand on either of Anna's temples, he lowered his head, his eyes lidded, half-closed. As Susan watched, the focus of his eyes disappeared and they glazed over. Les? Are you okay? No response. Um, okay, so I guess I'll just sit here and talk then. The door to the room slammed into the wall as it was ripped off its hinges. Evie stormed into the room, her white fur marred with patches of red. However, when she saw Les bent over Anna, her ferocity melted. No. No, 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 no. She crawled over to her brother, then spotted the needle and solution lay neatly beside him. No! she screamed. Damn it, Les! I won't let him take you, too! E Evie? Susan's voice was weak. What? The fearsome white wolf reared its head, snapping its teeth at Susan. As terrifying as Evie was in that moment, Susan saw past the snarling fangs. She was scared, too. Les told me to tell you something about starting a transfusion when you got here. He said you'd know how. For the first time, Evie looked at the girl laying on the floor. Her eyes widened, and she brought her hand to her muzzle, catching a gasp. Evie's anger retreated, replaced with something Susan could only guess was sorrow. Evie traced a claw gingerly over Anna's cheek. Yes, of course. She turned and spoke to her brother. You're right. I'm sorry. 
I panicked. He got away again. I'm so mad at myself. But you're right. This is more important right now. Susan watched Evie rummage through Les's bag, taking out needles and tubes. Soon a line of crimson ran between the werewolf and Anna. You're so lucky to have a sister who's a universal donor, you know that? Um, are you talking to me? Susan asked. The other agents had vacated the room on Evie's arrival. Did Les not tell you? We need to talk to them. It'll help them find their way back. He did say that, but I don't understand. Where are they? I don't know, to be honest. You'll have to get Les to explain it to you. Like a mind meld or something? <laughs> not exactly. I can talk to Les, but I don't know your friend, so maybe you should talk to her. About what? We left off... badly. Then start there. Tell her how you feel. Anna's face was getting paler and her eyes darker. Once in a while she would twitch or shake. Anna, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I know things have been crazy and I... I messed up. I should have been paying attention. I was so wrapped up in myself that I forgot you were struggling too. I'm sorry. Please come back. I don't think I could live without you. Please. Anna's body went rigid, then spasmed. What's going on? Evie? Susan searched the older woman for a comforting explanation. Les let out a gasp and crumpled forward, panting as if from heavy exertion. Welcome back, brother. A wry smile played across Evie's face, and she went to remove the tube connecting her to Anna. Did you find her? Les shuddered, but he leaned back and nodded. We're through the woods. Anna began squirming at their feet. I'd get back if I were you. Les pushed Susan out of the way. Why? Anna rolled onto her side and vomited. That's why. Anna's eyes fluttered open, and Susan saw the same soft brown irises she'd known for years. Oh my god, you're okay. Susan scooped the smaller girl up in her arms. What happened? Anna croaked. She tried to sit up on her own, but fell back against Susan. It's all right. You're safe now. Les leaned over, checking the gauze of her neck wound. You're alive, but weak. Don't try to move. We'll take care of you. Anna stared at him, mouth half open. I know you. Les winked at her. Smart girl. Anna turned to Susan. And you're here, too. You're really here. I thought it was you, but I wasn't sure. You mean you heard me? I heard your voice, but I don't remember what it said. I was telling you what a dumbass I've been and that I'm sorry. So, so sorry. That's funny. I was thinking the same thing while I was dying. Color surged into Anna's pale cheeks. We can move her now, Les said. Evie got to her feet. Let's get out of here. Right, let's get you two home, Les said. Susan cringed. My mom! Don't worry, Les picked up his bag. This time we'll help you explain everything. The tension in Susan's shoulders released. At least she wouldn't have to face her mother alone. She had a lot of explaining to do, and she feared screwing things up even further. Wrapping one arm under Anna's knees and the other around her shoulders, Susan lifted the smaller girl. She was surprised how light Anna was. I'm not crushing you with my super strength or anything, am I? I think I'd let you know. 
Anna cuddled into Susan's fur, struggling to keep her eyes open. Susan carried Anna out of the room and down the stairs, leaving the horrible house behind. Listen, Anna, I know you're tired, but I wanted to say I understand why you were so mad. I let my problems take over and... I know, I get it. So much has happened. Can we forget we ever had that stupid fight? Done. Susan was more than willing to put this mess behind them, but she wanted to be clear. Um, when you're feeling better, though, I hope you'll want to talk to me about what you've been going through. It sounds like you've been struggling a lot, and I think it's my turn to listen. Oh, that. Anna squirmed, trying to curl herself into a ball to make herself invisible. She searched Susan's face. Does that mean you're okay with me being different? Of course, Susan said. I love you, Anna, no matter what you are, platonically. That's good. Anna relaxed, sinking into Susan's arms. You're not my type, anyway. Hey, what's that supposed to mean? Susan wasn't ready to give up on their banter, not when everything was returning to normal, but Anna's eyes closed and her breathing deepened. She had succumbed to exhaustion. That concludes Chapter 10. Runaway is currently available for you to listen to for free. I will release a new chapter every week until the book is finished. But if you can't wait to find out what happens, the ebook is available through Kobo and Amazon. Just search for Sabine Wilder or get a direct link from my website at sabinewilder.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to give me feedback, you can always email me at sabine at sabinewilder.com. Don't forget to rate this podcast and help me grow. Thank you for listening and have a pleasant night.